it was uh, Major Jeff Struker who um, who uh, was, of course, famous for the Black Hawk Down uh, mission. If you've ever seen the movie, um, it's pretty uh, pretty pretty up to date in terms of of how things went there. But you can watch that whole video through Liberty University's convocation online. But if you if you've ever been like him, you may have had moments in your life where you weren't uh, you weren't so sure exactly how the Lord would respond in your circumstance. Um, somehow you knew, though, that he is faithful. Now, I, I want to ask you today, just personally, do you believe that God is faithful? Do you believe that God is faithful? Now, saying it is, is, is one thing. Saying we believe that God is faithful is one thing. But living as if you believe it is another. And then to push it a little bit further, remembering that God is faithful as you live it out is also a challenge. God is faithful. And and, and so in every season, throughout every storm and every moment, he is. And and I've prayed through this and and I've begun preparing uh, uh, several messages um, from the Psalms that will focus on for a season the faithfulness of God. And so the name of this new series is Great is Thy Faithfulness. We're going to be in the 119th Psalm today, so go ahead and find it. You probably won't have any trouble finding it. It is the longest chapter in the book of the Bible. Now, don't worry, okay? It's 176 verses long. We're not going to read all 176 verses today. That, that would be crazy. Uh, but, but in the 119th Psalm, we're going to focus in this morning on verses 89 through 96. Psalm 119, verses 89 through 96. Just to, just to give you some background of, of this particular psalm. Um, it, as I said, it's the longest chapter in all of Scripture. It has 22 different stanzas. Now, sometimes we get a little antsy when a hymn might have, you know, four or five different verses. Can you imagine singing a 22-verse song? All right, that, that, it's right here in Psalm 119. Now, now the primary focus of the 119th Psalm, because I want to keep everything in context, okay? The primary focus of the 119th Psalm is God's law, okay? The Word of God. And so, so if anything, this Psalm celebrates God's special spoken Word given to us that gives us gracious guidance throughout all of our lives. Now, the entire Psalm is just that. It's appreciation. It's worship. It's, It's celebration for, uh, for God's Word and our dependency on God's Word. And, and so, and so it, the, the primary theme is the Word of God and its help for us as we navigate through different seasons in our lives. Now, there are 22 stanzas in the psalm. Each one begins with a different letter in the Hebrew alphabet. Isn't that neat? Uh, so, so we're going to focus in on one of, those, one of those verses, one of those stanzas, Right here in Psalm 119. This, this stanza is called Lamed. Everybody say Lamed. Not Lama. Lamed. Okay. And, and, so, and so this is the 12th letter in the Hebrew alphabet. And, and this letter means to learn. It means to teach or instruct. It is actually the letter Lamed is the, is the majestic letter. Okay, in all of the Hebrew alphabet. And, and so when you, when you think about the, the command to teach, the command to instruct, this is not necessarily written for a school teacher. 
It's actually a direction for every individual believer following God's lead. So when you read through this letter or this uh, this, uh, stanza, every person can influence someone else in the Lord. To, to, to the calling, to the challenge, to know the Word of God. And, and so in this particular passage of Scripture, we see a focus on this, on this stanza, we see a focus on the faithfulness of God's Word. In, in, in reading about God's faithful Word, we then have to be reminded about our faithful God. God will not change as we've talked about, as we study the minor prophets on, on, on Wednesday night, we've said this before, that many things in life may change. Your circumstances may change. The people that come and go in your life may change. The way we do things may change. But our Lord does not change. And so, so we're, when we read together this morning, this, this, the, the Lamed, or, or this celebration of the faithfulness of God, I want to give you just five descriptions of God's faithfulness, so that when we leave here today, we're going to be able to say, great is thy faithfulness. You are a faithful God. Would you stand as we read the word of God this morning, give reverence to the reading? Psalm 119, verses 89 through 96. The verse begins this way, forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You establish the earth and it abides. They continue this day according to your ordinances. For all are your servants, unless your law had been my delight, I would have then perished in my affliction. I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have given me life. I am yours, save me, for I have sought your precepts. The wicked wait for me to destroy me, But I will consider your testimonies. I have seen the consummation of all perfection. But your commandment is exceedingly broad. You may be seated. We're going to ask God to bless the reading and the preaching of his word today. Father, show us today in your word through the preaching and the teaching of the word of God. Remind us, Lord, of your faithfulness today. Sometimes we forget that you're always there. Sometimes we, we are guilty of forgetting that you abide. Sometimes we, are forget, we forget what you have already said and what you have already established. And what you choose to do in this world abides forever. It's settled, Scripture says, in heaven. It's also settled here on earth. You do not change. And we, Lord, we rely, we are dependent upon your constantness. We need you, God, in our lives daily to remind us of your faithfulness, of your goodness, of your love. And God, we, we want to praise you for that this morning. So Lord, as we, as we describe your faithfulness, there, there just aren't enough words to describe what you mean to us. But as we try today, I pray that you would be honored and glorified, worshiped, and God, that we would be blessed, but also we would reflect, we would reflect your faithful to, faithfulness to us throughout our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So here's one thing I want to teach from the beginning. God's faithfulness is forever. Okay, we're we're beginning to describe the faithfulness of God. God's faithfulness is forever. So take a look at verses 89 and verse 90. It says, forever, O Lord. Everybody say forever. That's an important word. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled 
in heaven. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You establish the earth and it abides forever, O Lord. Thy word is settled in heaven. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. Forever is a long time, isn't it? You, you do a word study on, on the word forever in the Hebrew. It means always, means eternal, it means everlasting. The word of God, which is the subject, okay? It's the underlying subject of, of this whole chapter in Scripture. The word of God is forever because the Lord is forever. Okay, you get that? The word of God is forever because the word, uh, because the Lord is forever. And if the Lord is forever... His word is forever. If he says that his faithfulness endures from generation to generation, throughout all generations, then that means that God will not change his mind. He will not say something and take it back. What he says is his word. What he does, his will and his ways, they are forever, Scripture says, settled in the heavens. In verse 90 it says, and also on the earth. There's a Sunday school teacher that taught 10-year-olds. And, and, and one day in class, um, the Sunday school teacher just asked the question, what's wrong with grown-ups today? That's a loaded question, isn't it? And, and, so, and so all the 10-year-olds begin to say, you know, what's wrong with the grown-ups? Here's some things that they said about grown-ups from a 10-year-old's perspective. They said grown-ups make promises, then they forget about them. Or else they'll say it really wasn't a promise, it was just a Maybe. Man, my kids know what a maybe means. <laughs> okay. They also said, grown-ups don't do the things they're always telling children to do. Like pick up their things, be neat, always tell the truth. They said, grown-ups never really listen to what children have to say. They already decide ahead of time how they're going, you know, what they're going to do and where they're going to go before we ever get a chance to answer. Remember, 10-year-old perspective. Grown-ups make mistakes but won't admit them. They always pretend they weren't mistakes at all or that somebody else made them. Grown-ups interrupt children all the time and think nothing of it. If a child interrupts a grown-up, we get scolding or something worse. Grown-ups never understand how much children want a certain thing, a certain color, a certain shape, a certain size, a certain object. If it's something they don't admire, even, even if the children have, have, have specifically said, we want this, they always say, I can't imagine what you would want with such a thing. Grown-ups sometimes punish children uh, unfairly. It isn't right. If, if, you're, if you've done something uh, little and you get such a big whooping for it, or if you do something major and you get such a little whooping for it, sometimes our whoopings don't make sense. And then the last one was grown-ups are always talking about what they did and what they know and what they knew, I'm sorry, when they were 10 years old. But they never try to think what it's like to be a 10-year-old right now. Now, whether or not you want to argue with a 10-year-old, it's totally up to you, okay? Uh, but if there's something we learn, even if you had the absolute best parents, you realize that even at their best, they could still be unfaithful right? I mean, I, I, I've been guilty. You know, I was reading through these things as a parent of just eight years. I've been guilty of all eight, okay, of these things at some time in my life as a parent. And, and I think the, the, the longer that I parent, the longer that you parent, the more opportunities you're going to have to prove just how fallible we are, okay, how many mistakes we can make. But God, now think about the faithfulness of God being forever. 
what God says as our Father, what He does, who He is, what He wills, what He knows, that's forever. He is, he is faithful. God knows it all. He, he has always been there. He, he's always in the loop. He's never out of touch. He may be invisible to us, but we're not invisible to Him. God is faithfully present everywhere. And He knows all the details of the past, the present, and future. And he is faithful to be involved in everything that we find ourselves involved with. Never has he turned on the news and said, oh, no, I didn't know that was happening. I haven't heard that. Never once has God opened up his heavenly phone from heaven and looked at the news feed and said, that happened? How did that get by me? For if, if God were not faithfully engaged forever, he would, he would fail to be omniscient. He would fail to be God. His word would be unreliable. Okay, uh, he, he would be like the parents that we were talking about and their children, you know, that they were complaining about. Never once, though, have I, his child, have ever been able to say God is unaware of what I'm going through. That, that, God, that, God, that God has no clue about how I feel or, or what I'm facing. I'm reminded daily of the faithfulness of God. How about you? He is always, always there. We read that his faithfulness is forever. You, you, read, you read in verse 89, it says, your word is settled in heaven. Meaning once he says it, it is said it's forever. Verse, verse 90 uh, go, goes even further and talks about how, how your faithfulness endures to all generations. You have established the earth and it abides. It's by his command. It's by his ruling. He, he is providentially sovereign over everything. The galaxies could all shut down, but the Lord would remain and he would remain faithful. So God's faithfulness is forever. The second thing I want to teach you today is God's faithfulness is far-reaching. His faithfulness is far-reaching. Take a look at verses 90 and 91. It says, your faithfulness endures to all generations. You establish the earth and it abides. And they continue this day according to your ordinances. For all are your servants. The wisdom of God, folks, the wisdom of God surpasses the wisdom of man. I want you to think about, just a cross-reference here, the 90th Psalm. Moses, Moses wrote the 90th Psalm. It's the oldest psalm in all of Scripture. Okay? Uh, uh, so, so especially verses 1 and 2 of Psalm 90, it says, Lord, you, have, you have, have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or forever you formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. If there is a single spiritual truth to gain from these few verses in the 119th Psalm, it is this. God is faithful to create, sustain, to speak, to support, and to save generation after generation after generation. And that same faithful God who upholds and sustains the universe as we know it abides by his faithful power to this day. And he upholds you now. He sustains you now through any affliction you go through, through any season you go through, through any struggle, stronghold, sin, anything we may encounter, any place we find ourselves, God is faithful. Generation to generation. He does not change. He is far reaching. I think about from the beginning of time, before time even existed, God is faithful. 
And because he is eternal, he is far-reaching in his faithfulness into eternity. Thomas Chisholm lived in the 1800s. And this man was born into poverty, okay? He, he lived in, a, he lived in a Franklin, Kentucky. He was an uneducated man, but he had this strong desire to, to be in the ministry. And, and he eventually got what he prayed for. He eventually got his dream. He entered into the ministry. He was, he was licensed, ordained, but because of poor health, he could only remain in the ministry one year. And, and that was it. After a single year, he had to call it quits uh, uh, because he could not keep up with the pace and, and, and the responsibilities. Physically, he was unable. So, so with whatever energy uh, Thomas Chisholm had left, he, he spent it in, in the insurance business, selling insurance uh, to different people. So, so he had a dream, and, and, and it was fulfilled uh, for a year. And then that dream w- was gone. And yet, this is what he said. Thomas Chisholm said after, and you would think after just a year in ministry that he failed. You, you think that, that he was a failure. But this is what he said. He said, I must never fail to record the unfailing faithfulness of a covenant-keeping God. That's what Thomas Chisholm said. I, I'll say it again. I must never fail to record the unfailing faithfulness of a covenant-keeping God. And man, did he keep his promise uh, to, to the Lord. Thomas Chisholm said, I, could, I want to record the faithfulness of God in my life. This man is responsible for over 1,200 poems written in worship to the Lord that we have in doc- documentation. Hundreds of songs that he has written. One of the songs that he wrote is very well known. And I wish that, that my voice could carry the song today. It's just not possible. But you know these lyrics where it says, great is thy faithfulness. O God, my Father, there is no shadow or turning with thee. Thou changest not, thy compassions they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All that I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Man, I wish we could do this today. I, I wish you would take the time in your quiet time with the Lord and just spend a moment. I don't know how long it would take, but to write down the ways that God has been faithful to you year after year after year. Go back as far as you can remember and write them down. God is faithful. It's far reaching, his faithfulness. Here's another thing. God's faithfulness, number three, is unforgettable. God's faithfulness is unforgettable. Take a look at verses 92 and 93. It says, unless your law had been my delight, I would then have perished in my affliction. I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have given me life. If you've ever been through a life-altering, life-changing moment, you don't forget it, do you? Okay, I, I personally, I, I will not forget, will not forget the day I proposed to my wife. I can't forget that day. Okay, I, I won't forget the day that we said I do. I will not forget the moment that we had our son, Micah, and our son, Malachi. Those are moments that are forever ingrained. I will not forget the first Sunday I walked into Midway Baptist Church. I fell down the steps from the sound room because the, the steps change as you go down. And I made this huge wipeout. Nobody but me and the Lord saw it. Okay? But I won't forget that day. 
Okay, and, and, and there are many more. I will not forget the day I was saved. How about you? I won't forget that day where I was. The, the, I, I could take you to Tacoma Falls, Georgia, and take you to the room, to the pew, where I committed my life to Christ. I remember. I remember. And, and, and so if something like this has happened in your life, it is so hard to forget. And that's what the psalmist is saying here in verse 92. Unless your law had been my delight... Okay, unless your law had been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. Now, now we don't know who the author of this psalm is. This is one of those unknown, okay, they're, they're, you, can't, you can't properly say who, who wrote it because nobody's, there's not a title at the beginning. Some say David, some say Ezra, regardless, regardless, the author knew that, that if he did not have the word of God, if he didn't have the faithful word of God, he would have perished in his affliction. He would have perished in his misery. He, he, he would not have been able to endure the hardship or the suffering or the torture that he might have been going through. If it, if it would not have been for God's word, his faithful word, in which reveals God's faithful character, he would have been a dead man. Now, I, I can live without a, a, a lot of things, even though I may not want to. Okay, I have a love for Dr. Pepper. Okay, I do. And I'm trying to control how many Dr. Peppers I've had. This was the first week, th- thanks to, uh, to, to Miss Paul, um, she, broke my, she broke my streak of like four or five weeks without a Dr. Pepper. And then I've had three, okay, four, okay, this week. But listen, folks, listen, I could live without Dr. Pepper. I think, okay, <laughs> I could. Same thing with Chick-fil-A. I love them, okay, I love them. But, but I, I could live without them. I have a love for all things Tar Heels. You would see Tar Heels. But I know I probably would be happier in my life if I didn't have them in my life. And I probably have more hair and I probably live a little bit longer without them. Okay? Uh, I have a love for, for sports. Okay? Activity. But, but, but listen, uh, it would be all right. It would be all right if my, if, my, if, my, if my arms or my legs couldn't move anymore. It would be okay. I could live without them. I deeply love my family. And I, and I would be so heartbroken if I didn't have them. But listen, knowing the faithfulness of God and the faithful character of God, I know that God is faithful, and I know that if I ever had to do life without them, if, if, they, were, if they ever were called home before I did, then, then I know God's comfort would be greater than my sorrow. Okay, there's some things, there's some things, even people, and it's hard to think about that you could even live without. I, 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 I don't want to. I I love reading and writing and ministry, and I love teaching, and I love preaching. But if God ever removed my ability to speak, if God ever removed my ability to see or to write, I suppose that I might be tempted to say, well, my life is is purposeless or pointless, and I know that's not true, but there are other ways. I know there are other ways to minister. And I cannot begin to describe you to you what this book means to me. And maybe that's another thing that you should thank God for today and, and, and thank him for his faithfulness in regard. The fact that he was faithful to give us his word. Divine revelation, gracious revelation. He, he didn't have to do that. 
But he gave it to us. And in this word, I find, in God's word, I find my beginning, I find my end, I find my life, I find my eternal life, I find my purpose. I I see God's word, I see his will, I, I see his heart, I see his nature, I see his character. I find in God's word my calling. And I find the answer to the greatest question that has ever been asked. And that is this, is there a God and how do you get to him? Hey, I know the word of the Lord tells me that, and I could live my life without a lot of things. But if you ever removed the word of God, if there were no scripture, then we of all people are without hope or help. You understand? What would we do without the spoken word of God? Martin Luther said, the soul can do without everything except the word of God, without which none at all of its wants are provided for. I cannot forget what God has done, is what the psalmist says. He said, I can't forget a thing that the Lord has done in my life. If it weren't for his word, I would perish, he said. I may not enjoy, I, I, I delight, I, I may not enjoy, uh, I delight in all that I face in life. Sometimes life is very painful, he says. Sometimes I don't delight in the things that I go through. Sometimes life is painful. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's burdensome and overwhelming. But he says, the word of the Lord is faithful. God is faithful. And folks, tell me a time in your life where God hasn't been faithful. Can you do it? No. He's always been faithful. You simply can't do it. We've been unfaithful, but God never has. Psalm 119, verse 92, he says, unless your law had been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. I will never forget your precepts for by them you have given me life. The word of the Lord to us, the faithfulness of God to us is our healing, our provision, our forgiveness, our deliverance, our goodness, our our, our keeping, our protection, our grace, our savior, truth, our help, our ability, our defense, our glory is found here in scripture. Our, our, our king and redeemer and restore our shelter and teacher and life and, and, and discerner. All of that is found in the word of God. Where we learn about God being our faithful, our faithful provider and protector. And if it were not for him, ask the question, if it were not for him and his faithfulness, where would you be? The psalmist already answers the question, I would have perished in my affliction had it not been for this word. Had it not been for this God. The Lord God through his word was his rock and his anchor and he would not forget that. Share with you these last two things. God's faithfulness is fierce. When I say fierce, I'm talking about powerful. God's faithfulness is powerful. You you look in Psalm uh, 119, verses 93 through 95, and he says, I will never forget your precepts, for by them, or your teachings, for by them you have given me life. I am yours. Save me. For I have sought your precepts. The wicked wait for me to destroy me, but I will consider your testimonies. I will consider your faithfulness. There's two powerful truths that are shared here. One is that God saves and the other is that God secures. God saves, God secures. The psalmist could confidently say of the Lord, great is thy faithfulness. You save me and you keep me. You secure me. The psalmist says, Lord, I belong to you. I belong to you. Now, I I was helping a Wednesday night um, with, with our youth group, and, and, and we were talking about 
about God being our greatest comfort in life. Okay, uh, we, we discuss several things that make us comfortable, like a, like a comfortable pair of socks or a comfortable pair of shoes or, you know, uh, uh, we're, we're comfortable around these people. We're comfortable doing, this, you know, we're in our element. And I was trying to, to bring them to the, the 15th Psalm where it talks about that, that who, can, who can rest in the dwelling place or dwell in the, in, 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 the, in the tabernacle of the Lord, in the house of God. And he begins to talk about those who are closest to him. They have the sweetest fellowship. And so the teaching was all about the question, who are you most comfortable with? And some people said they're most comfortable with friends. Some said their parents. Some said uh, some, some, you know, other family members. But, but I said the person I'm most comfortable with would be my wife. And, 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 so, and so when you, when you look at a relationship, you know, a human relationship, the reason that is is because you belong to each other, you know, you, you're cared for, uh, you're understood, uh, they, they, they protect, they love unconditionally. When I look at that relationship, where do I find my comfort? That's what I see here. If you were to ask the psalmist, where do you find your comfort in life? The psalmist would have immediately said, I find my comfort in my faithful God. And that's and where I get this is from uh, ninety four or actually ninety four ninety five that says I, I am yours, you save me, for I have sought your precepts. The wicked wait for me to destroy me, but I will consider your testimonies. I, I will consider your faithfulness. The psalmist is saying I'm yours. You you love me. You care for me. You understand me. If anyone tries to compromise that, that means they're challenging you, Lord. And so, and so I'm looking at how the evil and the wicked in the psalmist's life, they would not stop. And that is the truth. Just because you're a child of God does not mean that you're not an enemy of the, of the devil. Okay? And, and so Satan wants to ruin anything good that God is up to in your life. And he is, his demonic forces, they persist. And the psalmist was reminded of that in verse 95. It says, the wicked waited for me to destroy me. Whatever it takes, the enemy will do to hinder or hurt God's faithful work in your life. And, and Satan and his forces, they, they have limited ability, folks, to, to work evil in your life. Nothing that they do has not been, everything they do has been permitted by the Lord, okay? But God is faithful. And, and the enemy is a defeated foe. And, and you and Christ are victorious, a, a conqueror, a, a, a king, a child of the king. But you don't just live in that reality in the present. You also live in that reality in the past, but also in the future. And so the psalmist is saying, the wicked, they, they, have, they have waited to destroy me. But I, but, I have, but I have considered thy testimonies. I remember, okay, I reflect, I contemplate. And if I do that, I will remember just how you have already saved me and how you have already secured me in my life in the past, but also you saved me now and you saved me in the future. You know, God saved Abraham and Isaac and God saved Joseph and God saved Moses and the Israelites and God saved David and Jonah and Daniel and, and the prophets and, and God at times saved the disciples and the apostles. God's faithfulness at every moment of their lives was fierce, powerful, and the psalmist considered God's faithfulness to himself. And, and that's what I'm really praying that God will do in your life as well. And he will show you in your present life, but also in the future, how faithful he is in your life. Over the next few weeks, 
We're going to talk about resting in God's faithfulness. We're going to talk about serving in God's faithfulness. We're going to talk about reflecting God's faithfulness to those who don't know him. And so over the next few weeks, you're going to hear different testimonies from from within this church, from from different people, real life, powerful testimonies from people that, that are engaged with your life. And I want you to see every week visible reminder after reminder after reminder that God is faithful. He's powerfully, fiercely faithful. And I don't need to fear hatred. I don't need to fear lies. I don't need to fear opposition. I don't even need to fear death because my God's faithfulness is more powerful than anything that the enemy throws at me. Last thing today, God's faithfulness is infallible. God's faithfulness is infallible. That means God's faithfulness is perfect. Take a look at verse 96. It says, I've seen the consummation of all perfection, but your commandment is exceedingly broad. Mankind is doing everything that it can to reach perfection, okay? We're always making improvements. We're always striving to advance in technology. We're always trying, okay, to to be perfect in what we do. But in the end, no one's going to be perfect. Our minds are limited. Our strength and our abilities are limited. We will never arrive at that point on this earth until Jesus comes again. Okay? All right. Uh, Our our understanding, even at the best, our understanding is narrow and small. Our our ways are closed. We we are flawed. And, And left to ourselves, left to ourselves in our own understanding, we are forever helpless and hopeless. But the psalmist says in his faithful word, in God's faithful word, There is nothing more spacious than your faithfulness. He said, I have seen the consummation of all perfection, but your commandment is exceedingly broad. But though though no one else, through no one else, by no one else, can I be saved any other way? It is through you. I've seen man's attempt, is what 96, the 96, I've seen man's attempt to save and to be perfect. And they bring death. But you, God, you give life. All life. And and so the psalmist is able to say, your commandment is exceedingly broad. Lord, you're the one who saves. You're the one who secures me. If anything, the end of this season tells us about, or this section tells us about Jesus. That the word in flesh, uh, this book shares with, with us, this book, God's word, shares with us the life and the ministry, the teaching, the death, the resurrection, His word in flesh gives us vision and understanding on how to live our lives. It is comfort and hope to those who suffer, to salvation to those who are lost. It tells of our life eternal, but it also tells us that in so many words, great is the faithfulness of God. The psalmist said, I have seen the consummation of all perfection, but your commandment is exceedingly broad. It is greater. It is greater than anything man could try to do. I'll close with this. There was a traveler who was going down a lonely road one evening, and he was intercepted by a bunch of robbers. And they took everything that he had, and they, and they, and they led him uh, deep into the woods, and, they, and they, tied, they tied a rope, and they forced him to hang onto the rope. And they told him that if he knew what was good for him, 
that he wouldn't let go of this rope, that his life was on the line. He said, if you let go of this rope, it's a long fall to a rocky grave. And the robbers left him there. Well, he, he held on because he had a lot of fear, and he, and, and he had great strength in the beginning. But as time passed, that strength began to, to fade away. And, and as he realized that his end has come, he, he, he released and he fell six inches to the ground, landed on his feet. It was a mean trick so that the criminals could escape. Letting go wasn't a way to death. It was a way to safety. What do we learn here in the 119th Psalm? It is only that Satan's forces that will challenge God's faithfulness. There is no need to fear. Let God trust God. Let go. Trust in faith. God will save. Do not worry. Christ is underneath great is thy faithfulness let me pray for you this morning thank you lord for you being our faithful god and lord you don't have you didn't have to give us your word to prove that to us you're faithful even without it you are faithful but god i'm i'm so thankful and we we are beneficiaries of the fact that you gave us your truth, your word, to reveal to us your heart, your character, your ways, your will. You are faithful. And God, it it is with the highest praise today that we can offer to give you worship and glory and honor for your faithfulness. Lord, you are faithful when we are not. You proved faithful to us when we were in our sin, when we were undone, when we were lost, when we were dead men walking. You were faithful to pay the price, the penalty for our sins and to give us life eternal. So if anything today, if anything today, we all have reason to say, great is your faithfulness because you have, we can agree with the psalmist, you have saved us. Great is your faithfulness. Without you, God, without you, we would have perished. We would have been afflicted. We we would have been lost without you. Great is your faithfulness. God, I pray that we don't have to issue an invitation for people to consider the faithfulness of you in our lives, in 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 our hearts, in our families, in our ways. You are faithful. But, Lord, we we give this time of invitation for people to respond. And, Lord, somehow, some way today, I pray that everybody here would be able to say to you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You are faithful. You are good. You are strong. You are perfect. You are fierce and powerful. You are forever, and I praise you for it. What you have done in heaven is forever. What you do on the earth abides forever under your command. And God, we we are your servants, your people, and we want to, in return, be faithful to you with our lives. I know that we'll fall short. I know that we'll make mistakes. But God, with our lives, we want to give you praise, honor, and glory for your faithfulness and love throughout our days. I pray this morning that if there's something that needs to be said to you today, it would not go unsaid. If there's a family here, an individual here that needs to say, thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness in my life. I have no idea where I would be without you. Thank you, Lord. If there's someone here today that needs to give their heart to Christ, and, and learn of and experience the faithful salvation of the Lord. I pray they would not wait. They would give their hearts, their very hearts to Christ right now. 
and would trust in Jesus who is underneath, who is underneath, and they would fall into your faithfulness and rest in your faithfulness and delight in your faithfulness. I pray today for someone this morning who may be going through those afflictions that the psalmist wrote about. The, those, the enemies may be surrounding them. They may feel like that they, are, that they are surrounded by affliction, by hardship. Great is your faithfulness. May they leave today declaring the faithfulness of God. And God, we're not going to fail today to pray for those this morning who don't have Christ. We believe in your faithfulness, Lord, to save. And we're going to spend time this morning praying for those who don't know Jesus, that we would have opportunity to tell them of your faithful gospel, the faithful good news of Jesus Christ. Lord, have your will and your way in this moment. May people respond with obedience. Great is thy faithfulness in Jesus' name. Amen. You respond as God leads. If you need to come and pray, you're certainly welcome. If I can, if I can lift up anything with you, I'd be honored to. You come, though, if you need to.